Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and happy Thursday, everybody, at the Arash Markazi Show. I'm Jihei, and I'm joined by Arman, our wonderful associate producer. Unfortunately, we are sons uh, Arash today. You know, he's living the dream, living the high life like we both wish we kind of were right now in uh, New Orleans. But we will have him back tomorrow. So you guys got us today again on the Arash Marikazi show, uh, which brings us to the Circus Sports Hotline. I kind of just want to jump right into it, um, Armand, because we got a lot to cover. Um, again, if you would like to just be on the Circa Sports Hotline, or if you want to just give us an email, the uh, phone number is 310-400-0340. Um, give us your likes, comments, questions, concerns, all that good stuff. We'll definitely shout you guys out. Um, or if you want to old school email us, you can email us at show at gmail.com. That is all lowercase A-R-A-S-H-M-A-R-K-A-Z-I-S-H-O-W at gmail. Dot com. Let's get right into it on the Circus Sports Hotline. We got our first email from Justin Lawrence from Sherman Oaks, who asks, as it stands right now, what would be your NBA Finals prediction, Armand? Wow. Um, God, the tough questions to start the show. All right, let's go Eastern Conference. I think as it stands right now, I would go with the Bucks versus the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals. And it just depends on if the Celtics get Robert Williams healthy. You know what? I'm going to go Celtics. I think the Bucks have shown a lot of signs of being a little bit overrated this year, actually. Their defense has taken a little bit of a hit. Uh, Western Conference, I would go with the Phoenix Suns. Phoenix is also... It's funny. You're not even giving, you're not even giving everybody a chance in the Western yeah. Conference. You're just straight Phoenix. It's, it's just the Suns have been consistent all year, but they have shown a lot of signs of kind of iffy play lately. I don't know if that's because they're locked into the one seed and they're not as motivated to push for anything else. But I mean, it looks like, you know, Memphis can make a chance, uh, can make a case. And the Clippers, I would not count them out. Um, I think, you know, the other day Kawhi was getting shots up at practice and he, he told the, the media that they're not allowed to record him uh, per, per usual with Kawhi. But that Clippers team, if, if they get, they just got Norman Powell back yesterday. If they get Kawhi back, I think they're the best team in the Western Conference, even with a rusty Kawhi Leonard. You have Kawhi, Paul George, and Norman Powell, and then a ton, a ton of great depth. I think that that's the team to beat, and they're not afraid of the Suns or anybody else. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm a huge factor of momentum. So, I mean, if they can get on this train of just, like, just running back on, right, onto those tracks, I think that if Kawhi does come back in that first round, I mean, the sky's the limit for them, right? But I, And I guess the good, thing, good news is that the Clippers do know how to play with Kawhi. They know that they have to step their role back and behind and let him kind of flourish and let him shine and do his thing. As far as this question is concerned, Justin, um, for the East, I'm gonna st- I will stick with the Bucks as well. Um, but I'm still gonna I'm still on that heat track. I know that they're first in their division right now. I think they're gonna figure it out because there's so much on the line and 
isn't the whole entire reason that you're in the NBA is to contend for a championship. It's not always about the money. It's not always. It's sometimes it is about the game and about you know trying to win a ring and win a title and win a trophy. So, um, and help out that organization as well. So I think that you know the Heat's gonna at least make a run for it. At least attempt to make a run for it. But at the end of the day, Milwaukee's just too strong in my opinion. They don't deserve that number three ranking. What do you right think there. would happen if Miami ends up playing Brooklyn in round one? Oh man, if. If all the pieces fall together and they're able to, everybody's able to play and everybody is, it sucks it up and is healthy. Yeah, I might have to switch that that pick then. It's it's not it's it, Brooklyn has been so hit or miss this season. It's hard to assume what they're gonna be. Um, and think about the fact that their third best player is who? I, I don't know. Is it Andre Drummond? Is it Bruce Brown? I like the Heat call. I think a lot of people are lower on the Heat than they should be right now, which makes no sense because they've been probably the most consistent Eastern Conference team. They went through the fight with Jimmy Butler, Udonis Haslam. Their offense is hit or miss, but the thing is, every team, when we look at the Eastern Conference, is flawed. So a flawed team is going to make it to the finals. And I don't mean to say flawed as in bad. It's just that there's so much parity and balance that every team is going to have a blip in the radar here or there. And I like the Heat call, but I do think that a Heat net series would be incredible to watch. And it would obviously pose for an upset potential when you have Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, who knows. But the thing is, the Nets need those guys to basically be at an A, A-plus level every night if they want to win. Yeah, I mean, that that's the whole entire argument, though, right? Is that, you know, you have your top two players, your great, probably... And Kevin Durant, 100%, one of the greatest of all time. Like, he, mm-hmm. he's definitely going to be up there in that top 10. So, um, just ranking in general, I mean, you can't really, healthy or not healthy, even not healthy, he's he's better than anybody else, you know, on that floor. But you only have two. You can't even yeah. name the rest of the team. You know what I mean? You can't even name the rest of the team. So, for for me, th- that's the problem. Yeah. You, you know, it's not two, it's not two against two. It's two. It's five people on that floor, 10 people on that floor, five against five. So you need those other three helping you. You know, you can't just carry everything on. And we've seen that in KD where he's tried to, you know, carry the load for that whole entire team. And it just hasn't worked out. So I personally think that that's the reason why I wouldn't pick the Nets. I mean, in the beginning of the year, 100 yeah. percent, I wanted to pick the Nets. Right. Because they had Harden, they had Durant, they had Kyrie, even though he was only allowed to play, you know, half, uh, half the time or yeah. whatever. Uh, but now with both of them in there, I mean, they could contend for sure. They can make a, a case for them being in the playoffs, but and not deserving that number eight ranking. But at the end of the day, the Heat has shown the most consistency, in my personal opinion. But the Bucks are just way too loaded with talent yeah. um, for them to have this the record that they have and be two and a half games behind um, first place. So I'm def I definitely would probably pick those two to uh, to come together. I really still want to be high on, on Golden State and Phoenix, and I know that you're just not even giving anybody a chance other than uh, other than the Suns. But I think the Suns also the reason why they will win the Western Conference and maybe even possibly the NBA Finals, the NBA title, is because they have a huge chip on the shoulder. They made it all the way to the finals and then they biff it. Like, you know, you. If I was a if I was personally a player on that squad, I'd be like, does everybody remember last year? That's what you're playing for, right? Because yeah. you got to be motivated. I think Jordan even said it. He was like, you got you have to be motivated. Every single game has to be motivated from something, or else you know <laughs> you're just gonna fall flat for the whole entire season. So I think this is their motivation. Get that number one seed. Get that. Um, 
you know, be able to get their rest and whatever and um, be able to not play in the playing tournament and not um, have a repeat season of the of the year before. So with that, I think that they will win the NBA Finals solely because of their motivation from last year. But you know what? I could always be wrong. Like, their shifts happen all the time. People happen all the time that are just like, it's it's time for me to whatever, you know? So, I don't know. Um, I'm, ho- I'm hoping that the Suns don't make a run because I think they have the worst fans ever. And I'm not <laughs> the hugest fans of the Suns fans. But I can see them ma- making a run for it and, and winning. I don't know. So, but did you even answer the the question? Do you see the Suns winning the whole entire thing? Do you um, see Milwaukee win the, the whole thing? You know, right now, if I had to pick, I I would lean with the Suns. And I love what you said about the chip on their shoulder because <clears throat> they got so close last year, two zero lead in the finals. And Chris Paul, you never know at that age if you're going to get back to this point. So there's going to be a huge incentive for them to make it all the way. Um, the one thing that that deserves mentioning is the play of Jordan Poole lately because if Poole is playing this level when Steph Curry comes back, the Warriors, they're still... I, I, I thought that it was kind of over, but with Poole taking another leap, all of a sudden it becomes Steph, Poole, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond. Now you're a little bit deeper and you're a little bit more loaded with star power. And I think Poole always had this in him this year. It's just that... It's when Curry plays, Curry's the focus of the offense, and Poole kind of takes a back seat. They have to find a way to keep Jordan Poole as a 23, 24 points a game guy when Steph comes back. I mean, that's always the challenge, though, I think, in a a lot of people's uh, minds, hearts, or whatever, and like in the rotation and how do you keep him involved by but also getting you know your star all their points i think the, well. the main thing is they have to make him the number two option above andrew wiggins above clay thompson as good whoa, as clay, whoa, whoa. Above, 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 clay? above clay thompson as good as <laughs> I clay agree with that. <laughs> as good as clay has been in his career his play this season has been and understandably so coming off two major injuries He's not as consistent as he was before. And Jordan Poole is just a better basketball player at this point. Doesn't mean that Jordan Poole will be better every night. But I think that the focus of the offense should be Steph as the first option. Poole as the second. And then Wiggins and Clay have to get in where they fit in, basically. And that's not a knock on either of those guys. It's just a little bit of reshuffling of the deck. Jordan Poole has been playing like an absolute star. For, since Curry went down, averaging almost, I think, 26, 27 points a night. Um, but that, with that being said, Klay Thompson had a 38-point game the other night, so he still has that in him. It's just on a consistent basis. In my opinion, Poole should be their their second guy now. Okay. I mean, I, I think you're giving him a lot of credit. Even though, he obviously, if you make it to the NBA, you should be getting the credit regardless because it's it's a rough road to even get to that point. So um, I do like the consistency, though, you know, um, aspect of it. I, I do like when everybody kind of shares the love and that's kind of what Golden State implements, right? They, yeah. they are very much a share the love kind of a team where they're like, you know, what, you're going to get yours. You're going to get yours. Like every you get a car, you get a car. Everybody gets, you know, their points. So I think. I mean, that's just great coaching. That's just a great um, foundation of yeah. what that that squad um, can do and does do. Well, thank you, Justin, for that question. We're going to move forward to Paul Espinoza from Riverside, who asks... Oh, sorry, Paula. Not Paul. Paula. <laughs> sorry about that, Paula. Uh, Espinoza, who asks, 
Who do you guys have in the play-in? Clippers or the Timberwolves? I got the Clippers. And, you know, Minnesota has been an interesting story all season. And interesting is a good thing and a bad thing because I think that their record has them a little bit overrated. They don't have much playoff experience. When you compare that to the Clippers, this Clippers team last year, Reggie Jackson, Paul George, all these guys, Western Conference Finals, they're used to that kind of environment. Carl Anthony Towns has been in one playoff series. Anthony Edwards is in his second year. He hasn't been in a playoff series. D'Angelo Russell, I think he made the playoffs once with the Nets. I can't even remember, but it wasn't that um, relevant because we don't really remember it. And then Patrick Beverly is probably the guy with, with playoff experience on that team. Um, I just, I think that the Clippers, the Timberwolves, when, when you're relying on a guy like Carl Anthony Towns, I get a little bit nervous because I feel like he can potentially have a dud performance. And I expect Reggie Jackson, Paul George, and those guys to step up and help the Clippers get uh, that win in the playing game. Yeah, no, I don't want to sound like a, a diehard Clipper fan, even though I am. Um, but yeah, you're right. I'm on. These guys all have playoff experience. I, I mean, the Clippers kept pretty much everybody, right? So in that, and then on top of it, if you, you know, now you have two of your best players back uh, in Norman Powell and in uh, Paul George. So that definitely helps helps out as well. And having that experience is definitely not a, uh, not a bad thing at the same time. So I'm going to have to say Clippers only because of that one thing. But you never know. Like there's a, there's a reason why I always say this don't count young kids out because just because they're young and just because they don't have that experience doesn't mean that they're not out there to play because it's a what it's that's why i love the playing tournament and i think a lot of people are probably going to give me a lot of flack for this because first of all the clippers wouldn't even be in this situation or be in a play in a chance for the playoffs if there was no play in so that's number one uh, reason why i like the play-in tournament number two this is just like march madness it's exactly why i love college one and done if you can't if you can't make that one that one game get that one win you can't make the tournament right you can't you can't advance so i think adding that pressure is wonderful and some of those kids already know that pressure so um but that being said i agree with you i totally agree with you you know you have having playoff experience there's nothing like it right and it's such it's such an advantage other than having you know these great players along with you so that'll definitely help in there uh, how do how much do you think that the clippers will win by though is this going to be like a really tight game i think it's going to be one of those games where the timberwolves are at home so if they feed off the home crowd early then great then i think then it's going to be a close game throughout if the clippers punch them in the mouth early it could be a clipper 20 point victory and that's just all going to be about i think the first quarter of that game is really going to dictate how that game goes that didn't answer your question no <laughs> i'm going to say okay. clippers big okay because i do think that they're going to punch him in the mouth right from the jump I, I mean i think that if you know you have your two best players again in norman powell and, and paul george just coming at him full throttle in the very beginning i totally agree with you i think that this team might be really hyped though this timberwolves team yeah. might be really hyped and that's why i think i believe that is going to be a closer game yeah. than that. But you know what? The Clippers have come from behind before, so yeah, I'm not I'm not going to count them out. This might end up being a really close game come the fourth quarter. I think maybe they'll, like, you know, in the very beginning have that home court advantage, like I said, and then just come out punching. But then in the end, the Clippers will win this yeah. game, and um, it's going to be a tight one. It might even be like that buzzer beater kind of kind of game, which would be yeah. great for ratings, great for It'll the public, for fans. Yeah. Well, thank you, Paula, for that question. 
I'm going to move on to Wesley Bridge from Monrovia. If you were the GM, Armand, of any team, would you build your team for now, like the Lakers and the Rams, or would you do a slow build? So this is this is a an interesting question because it has worked for the Lakers, you know, pushing their chips into the table. They won a championship. So regardless of what happened in the other years, they won a championship. Same thing with the Rams. Push their chips in. They won. I'm a Chicago Bulls fan. And I the way I feel is we pushed our chips into the table and we're not going to win. So <laughs> and from that standpoint, from a fan standpoint, I would love to hear your perspective on this, Jihei. It's different for me rooting for a team when the guys have been there and grew up together and kind of built that culture internally rather than we just traded for this guy, we just traded for that guy, and we just assembled this in like a year or two, and you have no kind of loyalty towards that player, and you're trying to build it. It feels artificial to me. Doesn't mean that you can't grow and love that player, like for example, DeMar DeRozan with the Bulls, um, but it's like it's his first year, and it's different than when it's like a guy that's been there for seven or eight years, and I don't even know if we're ever going to get that level of team building anymore i think the warriors are probably the the most relevant recent example of that yeah i don't think that guys this is a new era it's a new yeah. league and even in college it's still it is turning into this back in the day when you know you had your leitners and your hurleys and you had you know guys that stayed for four years and it was great and it's wonderful but it's time to adjust it's time to move forward we even have guys that are that were on the Jersey City Peacocks uh, team that are entering the transfer portal yep. and moving forward to go follow their coach, right? So uh, in that, there is a sense of loyalty. Good for them. That's awesome. Wonderful. Great. Uh, but this is a new league. This is a new time. And this isn't college. This isn't, you know, hey, I want to like stick with the team and loyalty and all that stuff. Because you know what? If the shoe were on the other foot and your team had the opportunity to swap you out for somebody better or somebody that they think could help out the team, they're going to do it. They're going to dump you and be like, let's get this guy if we possibly can, because it's always about the money. It's always about the almighty dollar and winning a championship at the end of the day. And at the end of the day, if we're talking about championships, yeah, screw the slow build. Let's go. <laughs> let's, let's get this team for now, because you can always there's always going to be somebody else on the forefront the next year and the next year and the next year. I know it sounds horrible, but this is just the new world that we live in right now in an idealistic world. I would love a slow build. If you had a, if you didn't live in a major market like Los Angeles, New York, um, you know, do the slow build. I think it's a great idea because you build that camaraderie, right? Like the Clippers have built camaraderie. They've yeah. built a brotherhood with amongst one another. And I think that that's an amazing thing, but, and you're going to have those relationships forever, but you know what? That's not the world we live in right now. We live in a world of now, 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 like non-delayed gratification. So yeah. I am all about this new league. Let's just move forward. And moving forward to Quinn Marcus's question from Pomona. Thank you, Wesley, by the way, for that question. We're going to move forward. Uh, lastly, to uh, his question from Pomona. It is, what's your favorite opening day memory? Favorite opening day memory. Wow. Um, oh, I know what this This is. A, this is a great question. The, the year after Derrick Rose won his MVP, the NBA started on Christmas Day and Derrick Rose came into Staples Center and beat the Lakers. Basically game winning shot. That was definitely mine. Bulls beating the Lakers. Kobe, uh, <laughs> Kobe's last shot of that game was basically over five defenders. He shot it for the win. The whole Bulls team had a, a shot, a hand up on his shot and he still shot it. He missed. But um, yeah, that would be mine. 
Okay. Well, I'm going to go to baseball and going to um, going to Camden. I know that sounds really, really random because you're not supposed. You know, I'm from LA. I should be like, oh, it's going to Dodge. It's going to Dodger. Uh, to Chavez Ravine and enjoying, you know, a Dodger dog. Camden, guys, if you ever had the chance to go, um, I know it's in Baltimore. It's not exactly the safest area in the world, but going to Camden, they shut down the entire street. You can go and enjoy a beer, a burger, um, a crab cake. Delicious, by the way. Um, and just that atmosphere, right? Just that shutdown atmosphere. Um, Chicago's another good one, but I'll, I'll take Camden over Chicago any day. Um, really, really quick. Um, on this day in 2019, we're going to do a throwback Thursday. Super, super fast. Magic Johnson sensationally quit as the Lakers president of basketball operations. Armand, what was your reaction to him quitting? And do you think the Lakers could be in this predicament if they, if, um, in this predicament that um, they're in if he stayed? I think they would be in a worse predicament, honestly. Magic was not necessarily the best general manager in the league. Okay, well, up next, guys, we're going to be talking to our friend of the show, Mr. Nick Hamilton. Uh, he gets to grace us with his presence. I'm so excited for this. We're going to be talking more Lakers opening day and all that good stuff on the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 and 98.5 The Fan. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hey guys, G here from the Arash Markazi Show. Tons of people, by the way, take multivitamins, but it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. Their special blend of ingredients supports gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. I know I can use that. It's also lifestyle-friendly and fits a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything. Reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash believe. These statements don't have been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic Greens, guys, take ownership of your health. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Arash Markazi Show. Again, Sans Arash, we're um, we're missing Arash, but, you know, we have the next best thing. Mr. Nick Hamilton joins the show. Nick, friend of the show, thank you so much for taking the time, man, every single Thursday. Hey, hey thanks for having me on. Hey, man, where is Arash? Man, he almost got out of man. <laughs> I know, right? He's, he's living the dream. He's living the high life over there in New Orleans. So, you know, he... You know, my $5, man. <laughs> 504. No, no, yeah, definitely. But yeah, no, he's uh, he's definitely enjoying himself. I'm sure if you like check up his uh, social media, he's you know he's eating those beignets, having those uh, chicory uh, coffees, those cafe au lait, mm-hmm. um, just really enjoying himself. But um, you know who's probably enjoying himself right now is Tiger Woods. We're gonna start um, this off right right now. Um, obviously, the Masters are going on at this current moment in time. It's the very first day of the Masters uh, out there in Augusta. Um, I kind of want to ask you about Tiger and his resurgence and coming back. Obviously, it's been a, a whole entire year since he uh, had that fatal accident, and it's just, this is his first 
tournament coming back, but like to come back with a splash like the Masters. Um, what are your thoughts mm-hmm. on you know Tiger's comeback? And do you think this is a little bit of a distraction? Because I kind of do. I don't think it's a distraction at all. I mean, it's Tiger Woods for God's sake. I mean, <laughs> Tiger Woods, the the Masters is status that Tiger Woods decided to come back, and that's the place he decided to come to. Because anytime Tiger comes, that's where the money. Um, so I think uh, my question is. Can Tiger walk the court because of the accident, because of the things that he suffered as a result of that? How long will he be able to walk the court? Um, will he make the cut? And then I know there are a lot of questions if he'll finish in this thing. Even when Tiger loses, he still wins. Because anytime Tiger comes, it brings money, it brings better competition. That's all the golfers want to be next to Tiger. Say what you want. Yes, he hasn't won in, in quite some time. But again, when Tiger, Tiger never loses. Even when he does lose on the court, he wins off the court because his his, his suitcase gets a little heavier when he leaves <laughs> golf course. Yeah, no, I mean, he, there's no doubt that he's definitely bringing money to the you know to the tournament to any tournament really that he uh, that that he participates in. I think what I meant by distraction is that like you're kind of just turning the focus on Tiger, which rightfully so he's he's earned that right. But you're t- turning the focus off of Tiger and turning it. Er- Onto Tiger and turning it off to the guys that are actually going to be winning the tourney. Who cares? No one, no one cares about unless it's Phil Mickelson or somebody of that stature. No one gives a damn who's, who's golfing. I mean, we'll figure that out later. Who has puts on this jacket on Sunday? But for right now, it's all about Tiger. Because Tiger is box office. Tiger is must see TV. Anytime, even watching his son, you know, swing a club, that's still going to be make more news than. Johnny, then Joe Schmo down the street who's actually swinging the golf club and actually going to win the whole thing. No one cares. <laughs> it's about Tiger. You put your cameras on the guy who's going to give you eyeballs, who's going to give you ratings. And that is Tiger Woods. Yeah. No, I mean, I guess you're right. I can be swayed into, into that kind of thinking. Do you think, you mentioned his son. I mean, obviously he's still a young kid, but do you think um, we're going to be seeing them both back on that golf course together anytime soon, or is it just going to be like a passing of the torch? Oh no, we'll see them. I mean, because he's, he's he, I mean, Tiger is a constant teacher, much like his, his late dad Earl was to him. Um, I think he's going to definitely be able to pass those things along. And then also too, he kind of has the inside. His son has the inside track because of Tiger. All the things that Tigers had to go through on these courses. I mean, for God's sake. They had to tiger-proof uh, several golf courses because Tiger was kicking everybody behind <laughs> when they came to getting on that green, especially on Sunday, because you know when he wears that red, he's usually successful. When he wears that red on Sundays, you know he's going for blood. And I think that's the same instinct that that killer instinct he's gonna, his son is going to have. And, and also, too, his son is obviously much younger. His son is probably going to be in much better shape than Tiger is. Um, and hopefully he doesn't sustain some of the same injuries that Tiger has sustained over the course of his career uh, with the back surgery, with the knees and things of that nature. So I'm looking forward to seeing what his son can do uh, once he becomes, you know, once he he turns pro um, and and competes on the court. Nick, I had a question not related to golf, related to the Lakers. Um, LeBron James yesterday on the shop, it came out that he said that if there was a player that he would like to play with, it would be Steph Curry. The Lakers this offseason, they're kind of strapped with what they can do financially with with little to no assets. Is there any possibility in your mind that you see that they shop either LeBron or AD this offseason? Not all the drugs and overseas <laughs> get me to think that they're going to shop either one of those two individuals. First of all, apparently LeBron's getting ready for next year's all-star. 
That's the only way he's going to play <laughs> the same team as Steph Curry. I don't. I mean, Steph Curry's not leaving the Bay Area. Steph Curry is 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 an, uh, a a statue. Is is a entity, I should say, in the Bay Area. He is the Golden State Warriors, along with with Clay and 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 Draymond um, and those guys. But when you think about the Golden State Warriors. You think about Steph Curry, uh, much like we thought about the, the Bulls with Michael Jordan, the Lakers with Kobe, um, and, and, and and you know so forth and so on. So D Wade in Miami. Um, so when you look at LeBron, yeah, that's nice to say. And I, I know LeBron likes controversy. I know LeBron likes to be talked about. So of course he's going to say that. But it's also a big slap in the face to Russell Westbrook because that's the guy he actually went out of his way to recruit to get him to Los Angeles banged on the door of the front office and got and, and, and not hard enough to a point where uh, he was able to get the attention of the front office and get Russell Westbrook. So to me, um, you know, it's, it's, it, 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 it's, it's a knock on, on Westbrook. And that shows you that he, he was pretty much done. Once he saw that, that the Lakers weren't going the way they envisioned, he was pretty much done. And I told people, I said, once he sits out, for a period of time, he sees the writing on the wall. And all these Laker myopics came at me and said, oh, man, you got, it's, it's not over till it's over. I said, the fat lady is singing real loud <laughs> turn up the because it's over. They, it's over. They know that they're done. They know LeBron has quit on the team in a sense where he's like, look, I'm not about to put my body to this. I, my night is going to the year 20. I'm going I'm to rehab. I'm going to get some rest. And that's exactly what he should do. That's the smartest move that LeBron can make. He's had a phenomenal season in the Unfortunately, the Lakers have been subpar. And this, this will go down as one of the worst trades in Laker history when it comes to Russell Westbrook. When it comes to the amount of talent in the AARP squad <laughs> they, they've been able to they've been able to assemble, um, that it was a disappointing season. It's been it was subpar. LeBron James has to take some of the blame along with Rob Palenka, along with the Rams, and along with Jeannie Buck. These individuals have to take have to share the blame equally because this is what they want. And had they got DeMar DeRozan, had they got Buddy Hill, we may have a different outcome. Even with Anthony Davis being injury prone, unfortunately, the way that he is, you still had LeBron James, you still had a healthy DeMar DeRozan went on a tear in Chicago, and you still would have had Buddy Hill, who's a nice, who's a nice shooter. Um, and in LeBron's uh, elder age, you got you have to surround him with shooters. That's been known from Lord knows how long. So I don't understand why in the world uh, you would have went that direction, but now they're stuck. The Lakers are stuck. Westbrook is probably more likely not going anywhere unless they get a third team involved for a trade. They're gonna have to still pay a good sum of that money off in his contract. Anthony Davis, he's stuck for another four years on his deal, and he's injury prone. I think when he's healthy, he's one of the most prolific players we've seen in this game as a big man. The guy can go coast to coast, has a very soft touch at the rim, uh, has those point guard type of instinct. So I think it's great. Uh, LeBron, I was I see him finishing out his contract. I think the Lakers would be incredibly idiotic if they decided to extend him for another two to three years because all you're going to do is eat up money and it's not going to produce anything. Had they not learned anything from the Kobe years, God bless Kobe Bryant. I was I, I believe Kobe's one of the greatest players in the game that's ever played the game. But however, those last two years they paid Kobe at forty eight point five dollars, it hurt them in the long run because look how long it took. Before they got LeBron, they were a team that was in the toilet for the most part. They weren't living up to Laker expectations, as we've been accustomed to seeing over the course of time. Uh, and so they, they were fortunate to get LeBron. Even though you first year LeBron came, they didn't make the playoffs. So it took time. It took 10 years before.
before they got back into the championship hunt. Is that what Laker biopics and fans want to do? They want to wait another 10 years to be financially strapped because LeBron held the team hostage because you're so emphatic about having LeBron there. What is LeBron going to do besides individual stats? LeBron is not winning any more championships. I told you guys that before on my show. I said it on this show. He is done winning championships. He's going to finish at four. He's going to be a Hall of Famer, but he's not getting five. He's not getting near Kobe or Magic. He is going to finish at four, and now LeBron's focus is individual accolades, which now he's going to go after Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's all-time scoring record, which I don't even think he's going to get. He's going to eclipse. I think he'll get close, but I don't see him eclipsing. No, I, I definitely agree with you. I mean, um, I mean, LeBron just ne- he just needs so much, and he also is not willing to take all that blame, right? Like he's not sitting, he's not sitting, kicking back and being like, you know what? I took part in this. This is my this is my fault, etc. Um, and normally the blame goes on the coach, which um, brings me to my next question for you: Is Frank Vogel? Obviously, we're not going to be going to be seeing him in LA. Um, you know, very shortly we, we he will be gone. So, where do you see him going after his uh, residence with the Lakers uh, is is done? That's a good question. I mean, I, I mean, I'm sure there's some teams out there that still want the LeBron James name um, associated with their franchise, and it also depends on how long before Bronny comes out. We know we know Bronny has a couple more years before he's a, he's eligible to be in the NBA draft. We all know what LeBron has said. Now, whether that comes true or whether LeBron is just an incredible Paul Heyman type of marketer where he's just trying to rally the troops and get everybody amped so that so his son can get drafted a little higher than probably expected. I'm not mad at LeBron for that. That's exactly what you're supposed to do with your, with your kid. But it could be a Cleveland situation. It could, you know, it could be a, a variety of teams that could be buying for LeBron services. It wouldn't surprise me if he went to the Dallas Mavericks. We all know how Mark Cuban likes to to, to stir the pot and like to, to be the premier marketer. Um, but I don't know, to be honest with you. I mean, there's, there's, there's some possibilities out there, I'm sure. Uh, but, you know, we'll see. But if I'm the Lakers, I stay clear that I, I get ready for the next wave. I try to build around Anthony Davis, and hopefully you can bring another superstar in the mix that will want to play with Anthony Davis, even though, considering his injury-prone history, that could be a challenge in itself. Uh, but they're going to have to surround themselves with youth they got to build through the draft, maybe acquire a couple veteran presence, you know, some veteran players off, you know, to be on the bench. But they're going to have to acquire another superstar, whether that be Damian Lillard or somebody of that caliber to play with Anthony Davis. They're going to have to do something quick, fast, and in a hurry because Laker fans are not going to settle for another 10-year drought of trying to achieve a championship. No, I mean, I definitely agree with you on that one, but it's just, it's, it's a matter of are they actually going to do that, right? Because we already talked about the AARP um, season that they've had. Are they going to maybe t- take a listen and look at their bench? Because if you look at who they have right now on the, the youthful side, it's not bad. It's not, they don't have a bad bench. Like if you can, you can grow from that, right? If, like, like you said, if you have a Damian Lillard um, or whatnot. The Lakers play the Warriors uh, tonight, and I know this game doesn't mean squat to a lot of people, but do you think that the Lakers at least play for pride tonight? No. No. <laughs> no, not in Golden State. No. All right. No, they're they're going to get... Short but sweet. <laughs> they're going to get creamed like a swing. Nope. I mean, they're, they're getting 12 and a half points, so do you think the Warriors will cover? <laughs> I don't know if they're a cover, but they're damn sure get the W. Yeah. No, definitely. It'll okay. Be eight, it'll be eight straight. 
I, I mean, I I get it. I would think that at least like the younger players would want to play for Pride and like get off that bench and just be like and try to get theirs and pad their stats. Maybe. Nope. You're just like nope. Just I mean, shaking it, heads. I mean, they're gonna. I think they're gonna play. I mean, I like Malik Monk. I like Gilbert Kobe. I, I like. Uh, you know, I like I like turnover Horton Tucker. I think <laughs> he's, he's been able to improve a little bit. Um, but they've got to get younger. They got to get rid of Trevor Reza. They got to get rid of Carmelo Anthony. All these old farts that are on the bench. They've got to get rid of them. It's plain and simple and get useful. Maybe they have to go through the draft. I mean, hopefully they'll get another draft pick, a high draft pick, and be able to, to put something together maybe and, and be able to – maybe that's how they make the trade for, for Westbrook uh, or anybody else. You know, maybe they package that first-round pick um, that, that could be pretty high and package that together. No, I mean, they didn't want to give up the 2027 first-round pick. Like, you know what the hell is going to go on in 2027. <laughs> if, even if, if, if Rob Link is still there at general manager at that time. So, I mean, I've been hearing that they're going to give Rob another year to turn the team around. Uh, but I can't see them turning the team around with this roster that's currently constructed, even with Westbrook and AD. Somebody's got to go, whether that's Anthony Davis or whether that's uh, Russell Westbrook. Somebody's got to go. This has been a failed experiment. If they're too naive to see that it's been a failed experiment, they want to continue to move forward, they want to blame injuries for it, then this front office is as delusional as I've ever seen. Completely hypothetical question for you, Nick, but on the Anthony Davis trade topic, if the Chicago Bulls, his hometown team, were to call, I don't know why they would do this, maybe because DeRozan is a little bit older, but if it was a straight DeRozan for Davis trade offer, what what would you say about that? I don't know if that would work because I think the answer the problem is not Anthony Davis. The problem is Russell Westbrook, and he doesn't fit to what they need to do. I think if you paired AD and LeBron, I think it could work, but you have to have the right pieces in place. And Westbrook is not the right piece. You've got to move him somehow, some way. The fans don't feel him. The media doesn't feel him. He's always been a jerk to the media, so I wasn't surprised when. Unfortunately, him and Brad Turner, who I think is an incredible reporter, uh, got into it briefly uh, before Brad Turner was able to kind of force the situation uh, because he's always been like that. Instead of he's always deflected. Westbrook has always deflected. The thing with Westbrook is he's always been like this, but but the the intensity of of the, the viewership has not been on him because he's played in small markets, OKC, Washington, but now you're coming to the Lakers in Los Angeles where there's a level of expectation that you have to reach. They don't care about you being a hometown person. They could care less. That's all finding good off the court. But on the court, they could care less. If you no excuse, just produce. And if you don't do that, then guess what? You're going to hear it. Um, and the fans have let him hear it. Unfortunately, uh, fans of, some fans crossed the line into the, the whole death threat thing, which I've emphatically come out against because I think that's unnecessary. That's unethical. This is downright cowardice. But, you know, calling him West Brick, going after him, you know, uh, hey, that's part of the game. And the fact that you don't answer the questions, you act like everything is all good and you don't take responsibility for your poor play is absolutely absurd to me. So he's got to go. In terms of the other Los Angeles team, the Clippers, they're locked into eighth place. They're going to most likely, almost definitely going to meet Minnesota in the play-in tournament. Norman Powell came back last night and had 24 points. Does that change the way that you view the Clippers at all with Norman Powell back in the rotation? Uh, probably going to meet Memphis or the Suns if they make it out of the playing tournament. Does that change your, your mindset with the Clippers? 
Well, here's the thing. I think that it, it gives them a better chance. I think there's an opportunity for them to beat Minnesota. Um, I think that there's an opportunity for them. Uh, I think it would be a better. I think they could beat the Memphis Grizzlies if they matched up with the Grizzlies because don't be surprised if you see an appearance by Kawhi Leonard in the first round. Don't be surprised. Not saying it is, but I wouldn't be surprised if Kawhi Leonard decided to come back uh, for a stretch during the playoff run. Um, and if you have Kawhi, PG, and Norman Powell, along with Reggie Jackson, those guys, uh, Luke Kennard, and those guys, uh, I think the Clippers have a very good chance of making the second round, especially if they play the Mitchell I love John Moran. I think John Moran is an absolute stud. I think he's, a, he's definitely one of the faces of the NBA moving forward. Uh, but he definitely needs more help. Um, and I think the Clippers just have a lot more firepower and a lot more intensity when it comes to their players and, and experience when it comes to those players. And sometimes you're going to need that in the seven-game series. Um, well, Nick, you know, baseball is officially upon us. Um, and opening day for the Dodgers will be in uh, Coors Field uh, in in Colorado um, around, I think, like, tw- it's 2 o'clock Mountain Time. But, like, what would that be, like, 12 for us over here? 110. Yeah, 110. 110. Uh, over here. Uh, what do you, th- um, favorite opening day moment? And are you, how looking forward to this are you? Well, unfortunately, it's not going to be a Dodger Stadium, so I, I, I can't get my annual Dodger dog like I've mm-hmm. been accustomed to getting. And, but it's, it's great. I mean, when you, when, you know, you kind of get tired of baseball, obviously, when you get into the playoff picture in the World Series, it's like, okay, baseball is so great. Um, but at the end of the day, I love the, the smell of the grass. I love the fact that, you know, baseball is bad. Guys, everybody's batting a thousand. Guys coming back healthy. You know, the, the anticipation is up there, especially for the Dodgers with their lineup um, and with their, with their pitching staff, which I believe, according to MLB, I think they're sixth or seventh uh, best pitching staff in, 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 the, in the majors. And so I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the, the Dodgers. I'm looking forward to the Angels, who I will be at tonight uh, against, I believe, the Houston Astros. So uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to, you know, Tony's on the mound for the Angels. That's going to be fun. Mike Trout is back healthy. Anthony Rendon last year, those three guys only combined for 17 games through the season because of injuries. Uh, so hopefully they can stay healthy. And uh, let's see what happens with the Angels as far as trying to make it to the playoffs. Dodgers, they will win the NL West 96 games. Okay, that was going to be my next question, but you kind of already <laughs> answered it. Um, so you don't, you don't believe in that over then, I'm assuming, of like over 100 games uh, with the W for the Dodgers? <sighs> I wouldn't be surprised, but I would be because it's going to be tough. I mean, got you know, there have been teams that have been much better. The Colorado Rockets, San Francisco Giants, they played seven six times this year. They've improved their roster, so it's got it's nice. It's definitely going to be a dogfight at times, and then you got to deal with health too. Uh, so if they get between ninety six and I say a hundred games, as long as they win the NL West and get a good seed, that's all that matters for the Dodgers, according to. My man, Dave Roberts, they're going to win it all anyway. (laughs) That's right. Well, that's all she wrote for today. Nick, thank you so much for your time. Um, We'll talk to you all again tomorrow with Arash finally gracing us with his presence um, and NBC's Michael Duarte. This is the Arash Marikazi Show on the Mightier 1090 and 98.5 The Fan. Deuces, everybody. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying face. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot 
for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.